from our first reading from the book, second book of Samuel. The Lord is reminding us of the story of King David, his humanity, his sin. But let's look at David, first of all, as a person. Who was he and what happened to him? You know, he's, he's our older brother. You know, he's human as we are. And as you know, King David, ever since he was young, he loved the Lord and he wished to be faithful to him. He realized what God had given him. He had so many opportunities to transgress God's law, and yet he didn't. You may recall how kindly he, was, how kindly he treated King Saul. As you know, King Saul, out of jealousy, wanted to kill him. And David had many opportunities to actually defend himself and actually kill Saul. It could have been justified in self-defense. And yet he did not want to raise his hand against King Saul. And he said, I cannot harm his anointed one. He considered King Saul chosen by God, so he did not want to harm him. And yet, as we know also, not only that, but when uh, King David uh, rebel uh, when his son, King David's son, rebelled against him. King David ran away. He did not want to kill, confront his own son. He cried even when, when his son died. He cried for him. We see the story also of King David when, when um, he was approached by a relative of King Saul and his relative was spitting on him and cursing him and throwing stones at him. And yet the bodyguard of King, King David said, let me eliminate him, you know, let me punish him and even kill him. And King David says to him, no, if the Lord wants me to be humiliated because I have done much wrong, let him do it. And we see in David this type of fidelity to God, which was very pleasing to the Lord. And yet, as we see today, yesterday's, God, yesterday's first reading and today, King David sinned, attracted to a beautiful woman, a wife of Uriah, Bathsheba, and he sinned with her. She became pregnant, she was a child, and then King David wanted to cover it up. He wanted to cover it up, so he, he called his officer from the battle uh, Uriah, and he wanted to have him go back to his, to his home to visit his wife, to be with his wife. And yet Uriah, being faithful officer, and the laws were that during the battle they would not visit their homes. So he was faithful to the, uh, to the military uh, regulations, faithful to the King David, and he would not go. And of course, not by not uh, the scheme that David was, pl was plotting would not work. So he sent to his commander, Joab, that, that he would be placed in a place of fierce battle and that he would lose his life. In other words, he, he uh, ordered him to be killed. What happened to David? What happened that he became so blinded by his own passions and then trying to cover up, justified himself in what he did? His heart was blinded by sin. And so what happened is the Lord wanted to rebuke him. 
And the and Lord did so to Prophet Nathan. He sent Prophet Nathan in such a way where Nathan revealed the fullness of that sin to his heart by that beautiful comparison, comparison of this, you know, uh, rich man and, he, and poor man, rich man who had everything and poor man who only had one you very close to him. And, and, and so what happened is that the rich man takes this, this beautiful uh, you, the only thing that he had, and he, he sacrifices it for some visitor. And of course, David, who hears this absolute injustice, he condemns that person. He deserves to be killed for what he did um, against the injustice against the poor man. And not only that, but there should be a great restitution on behalf of this act. And of course, King David, who, um, who makes this sentence, and, 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 and justifiably so, uh, uh, does not realize that actually he is condemning himself. And this is when Nathan says to him, but King David, you are the one. This is what you did. This is what you did with the poor man, Uriah, your officer. This is how you did. This is how you, you um, truly destroyed him. You killed him because that's what, what he did. And so, and then, so the king, uh, the prophet Nathan speaks to David, and he says, "The consequences of sin, the consequences of your sin, are great. The sword shall never depart from your house because you've done this, which means there will be violence there, because you have despised me and have taken the wife of Uriah to be your wife." And then continue the consequences of sin, adultery. Uh, murder, I will bring evil upon you, upon your house. I will take your wives while you live, you, while you live to see it, and will give them to your neighbor. You shall lie with your wives in broad daylight, because everything you have done in secret will be brought, brought to light, to daylight. And of course, the, also the consequences of the sin is the death of this child, the child which he. Uh, was the father, he turned to the Lord and he asked that the Lord would forgive him. He asked for forgiveness. He says, Lord, I have sinned against the Lord. I have sinned. He acknowledged his sin. And the, and the Lord, through Nathan, forgave him. And yet the consequences of sin are there. Forgiveness was granted, but the consequences of our sin are still visible and so concrete and are there. And this is when, when the child um, born through this union um, dies. What the Lord is doing for us is teaching us several things. One is that sin can blind us. There's a type of blindness that comes from sin, blindness that comes from passions, blindness that comes from sin and its consequences because we justify it want to justify, want to excuse ourselves, whatever we've done, and yet sin has concrete consequences. And this is why today, in our world today, we sin, we don't recognize it, we don't acknowledge like King David. And so the consequences perdure. The consequences we see in the divisions, in the fights, and the violence in our streets, we see the violence also against police, which we see. Uh, we see that this type of blindness persists and is within us.
because of sin, the capital sins which are there. And not only that, the Lord is asking us to, to be mindful through the prophetic teachings of our church, through the Bible, through scripture, that we have to recognize and acknowledge sin. God will forgive us that sin, but, but also we need to repair that which comes you know, after sin. From the Catholic perspective, we know it's not only one confesses one's sin and, and the Lord forgives, but he is also asking us to do penance, acts of love, acts of love that will repair that which sin has destroyed. And this is what, what we have. So, so it is the consequences of sin which, which actually give, give uh, those who are able to open their hearts and are able to acknowledge it. They, they give us the, 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 the means and the capacity to, to return to God, to repent, to change our life, to repent. And we have to look at the whole nature of Scripture, not only today's readings, but throughout the Bible. What we have is, is a call to conversion. Yes, we are sinners. We have sinned against God. We have followed the tempter's advice to say no to God. And it's through our own pride, through our own distrust of God, we have sinned. Yet the Lord is calling us to come back. Is God who loves us so much, just like he loved David. He wants us to return. Yes, we are sinners, and yet the Lord is calling us as sinners to come back. And so in the Bible we have page after page where we look at different prophets, Amos, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, or even St. John the Baptist, all calling us to conversion. Because by, by nature we fall short. By nature we're blinded by our own bad habits or, or the evil which is around us where we fall victims. How many young people go to college and pick up all the bad habits because you know that from one another they have no, there's no one who's in authority there, moral authority, so they do whatever they wish and they infect themselves with all kinds of junk and sometimes they suffer throughout their whole life. So this is what, what the Lord is asking us to, to, when we realize that we're on a wrong path, we will call, call back and call God so that he may forgive us. We know that repentance, in that repentance, we, we find once again a relationship with God. See what happened to King David. Yes, he repented. And you know the responsorial psalm, which, which you know, we read today is part of that, that psalm that he wrote, the psalm of repentance, a clean heart, create for me, O God, and a steadfast spirit renew within me. Cast me not out from your presence, and your Holy Spirit take not away from me. Give me back the joy of salvation. Give me back that, that reconciled spirit so they may, that I may experience again your love and mercy. So this is what we have. We are to come back, and the call to repentance is not only so much present in the Old Testament as well as in John the Baptist, but even Jesus himself through his apostles, he calls it conversion. Metanoia, change your heart, not only externally manifest, you know, a, a, a repentant heart, but change your heart, do good. You know, don't, don't per, per, you know, persist in error, come back. And so what we have is there's a call to conversion today, and we are to voluntarily accept 
his mercy as we have participated voluntarily in sin. We have, we have, we have disrespected God. So that conversion is to, um, to effect in us a change of heart, a change which we don't continue, we stop doing what we did in that sinful pattern. We ask the Lord, we cry out to him, help me to get out of this trap, help me to convert, help me to change my life. And you know, and the Lord will grant us this grace. He died for us while we're still sinners. He died. He offered his life for us that we may have freedom. He offered his life for us that we may be reconciled to the Father because we have broken the relationship with God. And he's also asking us that if we embrace him, we shall be reconciled with one another as well. Because just as he has forgiven us our sins, we are asked to forgive others that we don't hold, hold, hold on to them because the Lord cannot effect in us this transformation. And we know that not only the Lord is calling us, but his baptism, by baptism, we are forgiven. That original sin is forgiven. And yes, even though the wounds of the original sin persist, and we know that as, as concupiscence, that which we have this predisposition to sin, and yet the sin has been forgiven. Not only that, but we have, if we have fallen again into sin, we have confessions. We have the sacrament of reconciliation where we can ask the Lord for that forgiveness. And the Lord forgives us through the ministry of his apostles, through the ministry of his bishops and priests who are able to forgive in the power and through the power of, of our Lord Jesus. And then we also have, you know, the other sacraments, you know, with his anointing of the sick that also is able to forgive us brings us through to tr transformation and healing through the power of the forgiveness of sin. This, the second aspect today is the, is the gospel itself, is the call, being able to call upon the Lord, to call upon him, that he has the power to help us out, no matter what type of uh, difficulties we may find ourselves or danger we may find ourselves, the Lord is able to to overcome. He has the power to even control nature. You know, sometimes we don't call out to him. I remember when I was a child, and every time we live, we live not too far away from from Vistula River, and many times the storms would, would, would follow the pattern of rivers. And so there were some very, very um, powerful storms, storms that would last hours upon hours. And And, and I know at that time, we always were called by our parents, especially our mom, will gather us, we start praying the rosary for protection, for, for protection from the storm, which, you know, lightnings could strike, you know, the barns could burn, all the things which were there. And so for protection, for protection, we always were protected by that. So calling upon him, calling to the Lord is something that, that we are not only invited by the scripture, but we are invited by the church continuously reminding us what the Lord is asking us. Pray, pray, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. We ask Our Lady in the Hail Mary. We're called by, 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 by the realities around us because we know how difficult life can be. I remember reading in a, in a diary a couple of passages when, when St. Faustina uh, experiencing the terrible storms where she, she was asked 
by the Lord to pray. And we see here, especially the Lord asking her to pray the chaplet for protection from storms in 1791 today. I was awakened by a great storm. The wind was raging and it was, and it was raining in torrents, thunderbolts striking again and again. I began to pray that the storm would do no harm. When I heard the words say the chaplet, I have taught you and the storm will cease. I began immediately to say the chaplet and hadn't even finished it when the storm suddenly ceased. And I heard the words through the chaplet, you will obtain everything. If, you, if what you ask for is compatible with my will. The beautiful reminder of the Lord, how powerful that chaplet is. And the reason it is so powerful is because we ask through suffering and death of the Son of God. And we ask that he will be merciful to us. We offer his sacrifice as a atoning sacrifice for, 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 the, for the needs that we have but especially when we are in danger. Okay, in 1791, again, there's another reference to her praying the chaplet, uh, and, 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 and she was able to protect the, the, the place where she was from the, from the storm, from the destructive powers of the storm. As we continue with this sacred liturgy, there's an invitation to one to change our life, to repent, to convert, to recognize our sin. And God in his mercy will forgive us. And God in his mercy will protect us from the consequences of sin. And, and, and the second aspect is our persevering prayer. The invitation that we have received from the Lord to pray, pray unceasingly, pray this chaplet, this powerful intercessory prayer. Powerful because, because it is, is the greatest form of prayer we can ask. We ask the Father, to death, resurrection of his son, that he who has offered his life for us, that he'll grant us the forgiveness and protect us from all the dangers, whether human or even natural. Because God, as the gospel says today, has, has, uh, Jesus is the, is the Lord of nature, is able to accomplish all things for us when we ask him in faith, when we ask him that it may be done according to his will. So let us ask the Lord always today, whatever difficulties we may find ourselves, let us keep praying, asking the Lord. Let us especially pray the chaplet for those intentions so that we may receive the mercy of God, his compassionate response to our brokenness. And not only will he respond to us, but he will lead us to the fullness of life, life of glory in heaven. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world.
Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.